Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, hey, everybody. Great to be back with you. We have survived another debate. This time, the vice presidential candidates took the stage in Utah, and I I actually thought it was a pretty constructive conversation. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. I apologize. I got some allergies or something going on. I think it's, I I don't know, but so my nasal passages and my throat are not working together as they should. So I apologize. We might have to to pause throughout this and, and deal with some situations as far as the nose wanting to run away, if you know what I'm saying. Um, cause I don't know what, it's just like, something is blooming in my yard, or I don't even know. I never had allergies until I came to the desert. How does this happen? How does this happen? You know, when you watch old movies, when people are sick, they're always like, oh, we're going to send you to the dry climate, we're going to send you to the desert out west, so that you can be healthy. And then I come here and I get allergies. Anyhow, so the debates... Uh, I thought was the or the debate the vice presidential debate um I thought was pretty good. I thought we actually had some real answers. I thought there were strong moments from both candidates. I thought there were low moments uh, from both candidates, but I'm not gonna get into those today specifically because I don't think it has the same sort of crazy factor <laughs> that the first debate did I, The only real thing that I would say is with regards like I think that both candidates did a uh, did a decent job of representing their side. The vice presidential debate is always a let me tell you how good my boss is type thing so i i don't I mean I thought it was good. I thought Pence had more substance than Trump did. I thought uh, Kamala uh, had more substance than Biden did, and I thought they both were good surrogates of their candidate. Obviously, I agreed with what one was saying more than the other, but I thought that they were good representations of who they were there to represent like they 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 did what they were there to do okay that's my summary of the debate the main, <laughs> the main the main thing I think if I was going to have a complaint and some of you are going to disagree with me on that and that's okay this is my opinion it could be kind of factual if you watch the kind of factual that's a funny thing to say depending on your interpretation of events i suppose you could differ with me on this but it, it seemed just slightly just just a little bit like the moderator's questions kind of were framed like this when she was talking to ms harris she would be like now Please explain to us why Donald Trump and Mike Pence are the worst things ever. Obviously, those aren't the words to use, but that was kind of like the the backing of pretty much every question, it seemed like, uh, to Harris. And then to, to Pence, it was essentially the same thing. Please tell us why you and Mr. Trump are the worst things ever. I don't know, but it just didn't seem like fair and balanced and unbiased journalistic questioning to me. Except when she asked the question from the student at the very end of the debate. I thought that was one of Mike Pence's best answers, by the way. I thought he gave a very good speech about unity and coming together and how at the end of the day we're all Americans. Um, and I, I think that it was a very good question to ask and a very relevant question to ask. She her, Essentially what the kid was asking was, you know, all I see is a couple people fighting. It's just more fighting, more fighting. What what difference does it make? Why does it even matter if I be involved because all you guys are doing is fighting? And quite frankly, that's what a lot of we the people are doing too. We are guilty of the very things that we say we hate when the candidates do. So maybe before we are pointing fingers at, at people that are political candidates, we should be looking in the mirror at ourselves and the way we're interacting with people we actually know and love in real life before we fuss about them attacking each other politically 
or complain about the manner in which they do so. But anyhow, I want to I want to talk today <laughs> speaking of social media or anything else. In case you have not heard, your vote is your voice. Your voice is your vote. Vote, register to vote, register to vote, register to vote. Register to vo- have you registered to vote? I mean, every time you pull up social media, it's like a it's like a big bar. What do you need to know about the election? What do you, have you? Are you registered to vote? I, I I use SoundCloud as one of my podcasts. You cannot even get to your SoundCloud account without answering or clicking out of or answering a question every time, every single time. There's a pop up. Let us help you register to vote. Every time there's a commercial on TV. It's either about Trump or Biden or have you registered to vote? I have never, ever in my lifetime seen the nation so passionate about getting people registered to vote. And yet so unconcerned about the manner in which those votes will be made or counted. But that's another story for another time. And look, I agree 100% that you should be registered to vote. I just think it's kind of ironic that people that haven't seemed to care this much. Granted, it's happened in the past, but not like this. It's not been, like, everywhere in your face. Um, it's... <laughs> I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let it go. There were some things I was going to say, but I'm not going to say them. Instead, I want to start today with a story, because the fact of the matter is, your vote is your voice. Your vote does matter, and you should be registered to vote, and you should participate in the electoral process. Your vote does make a difference. I'm going to tell you a story uh, about why I'm actually going to read you a story, and then we're going to talk about party platforms. Because I've seen a lot of, how could you possibly vote for that wicked man, Donald Trump? He's so evil. He's so terrible. He does A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. How You support these? How could you do that? And then, of course, the flip side. How could you possibly vote for Joe Biden? He supports A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. What kind of wickedness are you supporting with your vote? So I want to talk about that as well. And then, towards the end, if you are here in Nevada, I'm going to talk about the fact that we have 61 judge races to decide in, in our... (laughs) election ballot, so I highly suggest you do not go to the polls unprepared for that issue, and if that's the main reason why you're here, you can just fast forward till the end, but we're going to go over at the end of the program how I go about making decisions when there are people on the ballot that you know absolutely nothing about, and whom when you Google, their websites tell you essentially nothing about them, because they are quote-unquote nonpartisan candidates. Believe me, they're partisan, but they run as nonpartisan candidates, and their websites reflect that. Judicial websites often go something like this: "Vote for Susie. Susie is awesome. Susie is a great judge. Here are the people that endorse Susie." The end, and that's it. So, their websites just aren't generally helpful because judges aren't going to list where they stand on issues because they are supposed to be nonpartisan and they are supposed to make decisions based upon the rule of law and not based upon their personal opinion about the economy or whatever else. But so we'll, we'll get to that. But first, I want to go over with you because I don't think that a lot of people have done this and this might take us a little bit of time. I'm not going to lie to you. This might take us a few minutes because this is research that we need to do as a country and as individuals. And I'm I'm kind of frustrated with people espousing values that are not their own and they don't even realize it. Okay, so I have gone through um, I've gotten a list of the major issues that most people are concerned about today. Everything from uh, abortion to immigration, racism, health care, marriage, security, religious freedom, education, the economy, social security, and Israel, the Second Amendment, and the environment. Okay? Those pretty much cover most of you, your main hot topic issues. And what we're going to do is we're not going to look at what any candidate has said about anything. Because, quite frankly, most candidates, if you have enough of them on tape, will contradict themselves at some time. It just, it happens because they're people. And it doesn't mean that they change their mind or that they change their belief, but maybe they got more information or maybe they're talking about something from a different perspective. So, yeah, you know what? If you're just looking at candidates, you're going to be like, well, he believes this. Well, no, he doesn't. Well, his website says this. Well, but he said this. Okay. I'm going to 
look at the party platforms. All right? Now, <laughs> this may seem contradictory because I always say vote for the candidate, not the party. And I believe that 100%. But what you are seeing this year especially, I think, is a lack overall of understanding of the issues and what the party being represented by that candidate represents. So, in other words, I think that we have candidates, particularly the presidential candidates, who are dancing around talking about their actual beliefs on the issues put forward, or they're saying things that don't line up with other things they're saying or what their websites say. So, I, I think you guys have a pretty good handle on the candidates. But since we're talking about your overall voting process and looking down the ballot, if you will, I will also want to touch on party platforms. Because as a general rule, people who are running as a Democrat or as a Libertarian or as a Republican largely espouse the platform of that political party. So you might be confused. You might be saying, there's not any difference. That doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter. And we are going to tell you why right now. This is an excerpt from a book. It says, The worst reason Americans don't participate in the voting process is their belief in the lie that one vote doesn't make a difference. So why bother? Ask the families of the American Revolution. Ask the men and women in Afghanistan. Around the world, people die and others are killed for the right to vote. Voting is both a privilege and a responsibility, the most basic right of a free people. It is critical that we realize that a single vote does, in fact, make a difference. Each of the millions of votes received by a presidential candidate is comprised of many individual votes. Each of those votes represents a person, a person standing behind that candidate, declaring him or her their choice to best represent themselves. California, Idaho, Oregon, Texas, and Washington all obtained statehood by the margin of one single vote. The account of Texas's path to statehood is a particularly compelling argument for the validity of a single vote. In 1844, a miller in DeKalb County, Indiana, was persuaded by his friends to go to the polls. That miller voted for an Indiana state legislator who won his election by a single vote. That same legislator cast the single deciding vote to send Edward Allen Hennigan to the United States Senate as a representative from the state of Indiana. In the Senate, Hennigan presided as president pro temp when the issue of Texas statehood met with a tie vote. It was Hennigan who voiced a single deciding vote to bring Texas into the Union. How incredible that a forgotten Miller from Indiana and his single vote were responsible for the statehood of one of the great beacons of American freedom, Texas. More recently, the Florida recounts of the 2000 presidential election reminded Americans of the importance of every single vote. One vote, your vote, does matter. That's an excerpt from a book that's actually being re-released this weekend, my book. If you didn't know, I wrote a book a few years back, actually quite a while back now. I have spent some, I've been working on some special projects, shall we say, shall we say during the corona. One of them has been revising and reprinting my book. My book will be available uh, this weekend, actually. You can get it on Amazon, hopefully this weekend. Kindle and uh, and in print, has a new cover, has some new content. It's, uh, I think you should, I think you should pick it up. The Kindle edition, when it first comes out, is only going to be 99 cents for the first week. So I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't grab one for less than a buck. So, yeah. Anyhow, your vote matters. What is your vote supporting? Who is your vote supporting? Let's look at party platforms in case you are like, I don't, I just, okay. Let's look at party platforms. So you know where you align as you go to look at candidates, and then you can see how they align with the party platform, or if they do not align with it at all. On life and abortion, the, now these statements that I'm about to read, these come directly from the party platforms. These are not from candidates. This is what the candidates are espousing when they align themselves with this party. So, Democrat Party platform on life and abortion, their platform says, we will appoint U.S. Supreme Court justices and federal judges who will respect and enforce foundational precedents, including Roe v. Wade. Democrats believe every woman should be able to access high-quality reproductive health care services, including safe and legal abortion. We oppose and will fight to overturn federal and state laws that create barriers to women's reproductive health and rights. Now, I will say this. I'm not going to interject my thoughts and in commentary, although I have commentary 
uh, very many thoughts about these when I read them, but my goal is to just let you hear what the parties themselves say they and their candidates represent, okay? Uh, and the Libertarian Party platform says this, Recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides, we believe that government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question to each person for their conscientious consideration. The Republican Party platform, Foremost among those, the Constitution's guarantee that no one can be deprived of life, liberty, or property deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence's proclamation that all are endowed by their creator with the inalienable right to life. Accordingly, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legislation to make clear that the 14th Amendment's protections apply to children before birth. On marriage and sexuality, this is what the Democratic Party platform says. Democrats applaud this year's U.S. Supreme Court decision that made clear that employment discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity violates the law. But we know we still have work to do to ensure LBGTQ people are treated equally under the law and in our society. We will fight to enact the Equality Act and at last outlaw discrimination against LGBTQ people in housing, public accommodations, access to credit, education, jury service, and federal programs. We will work to ensure LGBTQ people are not discriminated against when seeking to adopt or foster children. Children, protect LGBTQ children from bullying and assault, and guarantee transgender students access to facilities based on their gender identities. That would be uh, bathrooms. Democrats will ban harmful conversion therapy practices. We will ensure that all transgender and non-binary people can procure official government identification documents that accurately reflect their gender identity. This is what the Libertarian platform says. Government does not have the authority to define, promote, license, or restrict personal relationships regardless of the number of participants. Consenting adults should be free to choose their own sexual practices and personal relationships. Until such time as the government stops its illegitimate practice of marriage licensing, such licenses must be granted to all consenting adults who apply. And then the Republican Party platform on marriage and sexuality reads this. Foremost among those institutions is the American family. It is the foundation of civil society, and the cornerstone of the family is natural marriage, the union of one man and one woman. We oppose the imposition of a social and cultural revolution upon the American people by wrongly defining sex discrimination, reshaping our entire society. To fit the mold of an ideal... Of an ideal of, okay, can't read. To fit the mold of an ideology alien to Americans' history and traditions. On immigration, this is what the Democratic Party platform says. Democrats support policies and programs to make it easier for qualified immigrants and their families to become full and equal citizens, including increasing funding for culturally appropriate immigration inclusion and citizenship services, legal support, English classes and bilingual education, workforce development, and adult education. Democrats believe it is long past time to provide a roadmap to citizenship for the millions of undocumented workers, caregivers, students, and children who are an essential part of our economy and the fabric of our nation libertarian platform. Political freedom and escape from tyranny demand that individuals not be unreasonably constrained by government in the crossing of political boundaries. Economic freedom demands the unrestricted movement of human as well as financial capital across national borders. The Republican platform. Our party is the natural home for those who come in search of freedom and justice. We welcome all to the Great Opportunity Party. The greatest asset of the American economy is the American worker. Our immigration system must protect American working families and their wages for citizens and legal immigrants alike in a way that will improve the economy. On racism in the party platforms, this is what the Democrat party platform says. We must heal our nation's deepest wounds, not fan the flames of hate. Democrats will root out structural and systemic racism in our economy and our society and reform our criminal justice system from top to bottom because we believe black lives matter. We will give hate no safe harbor. We will never amplify or, legitima or legitimize the voices of bigotry, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, or white supremacy. Democrats will protect and promote the equal rights of all our citizens, women, LGBTQ people, religious minorities, people with disabilities, Native Americans, and all who have been discriminated against in too many ways and for too many generations. We commit ourselves to the vision articulated by Frederick Douglass of a government founded upon justice and recognizing the equal rights of all. 
The Libertarian Party platform says, Libertarians embrace the concept that all people are born with certain inherent rights. We reject the idea that a natural right can ever impose an obligation upon others to fulfill that right. We condemn bigotry as irrational and repugnant. Government should neither deny nor abridge any individual's human right based on sex, wealth, ethnicity, creed, age, national origin, personal habits, political preference, or sexual orientation. The Republican Party platform says this, we denounce bigotry, racism, anti-Semitism, ethnic prejudice, and religious intolerance. Therefore, we oppose discrimination based on race, sex, religion, creed, disability, or national origin and support statutes to end such discrimination. As the party of Abraham Lincoln, we must continue to foster solutions to America's difficult challenges when it comes to race relations today. We continue to encourage equality for all citizens and access to the American dream. Merit and hard work should determine advancement in our society, so we reject unfair preferences, quotas, and set-asides as forms of discriminations. Our ranks include Americans from every faith and tradition, and we respect the right of each American to follow his or her, her deeply held beliefs. On health care, the Democratic Party platform says, we must guarantee health care not as a privilege for some, but as a right for every single American. For a century, Democrats have fought to secure universal health care. The Libertarian platform we favor a free market health care system. We recognize the freedom of individuals to determine the level of health insurance they want, if any, the level of health care they want, the care providers they want, the medicines and treatments they will use, and all other aspects of their medical care, including end-of-life decisions. People should be free to purchase health insurance across state lines. And the Republican Party platform. Any honest agenda for improving health care must start with repeal of the dishonestly named Affordable Care Act. It has driven up prices for all consumers. Their insurance premiums have dramatically increased while their deductibles have risen about eight times faster than wages in the last 10 years. It must be replaced with an approach based on genuine competition, patient, patient choice, excellent care, wellness, and timely access to treatment. On religious freedom, the Democratic Party platform says this. Democrats celebrate America's history of religious pluralism and tolerance and recognize the countless acts of service of our faith communities, as well as the paramount importance of maintaining the separation between church and state as enshrined in our Constitution. Okay, I, I said I wasn't going to commentate, but this one I have to. Nowhere in the Constitution is anything said about separation of church and state. This phrase, separation of church and state, was a, a letter written from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptists assuring them that the state would never interfere with any of their religious freedoms whatsoever. <coughs> we now resume our regularly scheduled programming. The Libertarian Party platform says this with regard to religious freedom. We support full freedom of expression and oppose government censorship, regulation, or control of communications, media, and technology. We favor the freedom to engage in or abstain from any religious activities that do not violate the rights of others. We oppose government actions which either aid or attack any religion. And the Republican platform. We value the right of America's religious leaders to preach and Americans to speak freely according to their faith. Republicans believe the federal government, specifically the IRS, is constitutionally prohibited from policing or censoring speech based on religious convictions or beliefs. We pledge to defend the religious beliefs and rights of conscience of all Americans and to safeguard religious institutions against government control. We strongly support the freedom of Americans to act in accordance with their religious beliefs, not only in their houses of worship, but also in their everyday lives. On national security, the Democratic Party platform says, Democrats believe that we can only be strong in the world when we are strong and united at home. We believe that a healthy democracy, just society, and inclusive economy are essential prerequisites for effective American leadership abroad. And we believe that the ultimate measure and purpose of our foreign policy is whether it protects and advances American security, prosperity, and values, and delivers results for all Americans. We will ensure that our military has no peer, and most importantly, Democrats will ensure that the reinvention of American American leadership abroad prioritizes and accelerates our renewal at home. We will root a disciplined foreign policy in the needs and aspirations of the American middle class and the imperative of building a more dynamic, fair, and resilient society, the ultimate wellspring of our power. The Libertarian Platform. We support the maintenance of a sufficient military to defend the United States against aggression. The United States should both avoid entangling alliances and abandon its attempts to act as policemen for the world. We oppose any form of compulsory national service. The Republican Party platform says we are the party of peace through strength. Tyranny and injustice thrive when America is weakened. The oppressed have no greater ally than a confident and determined United States backed by the strongest military on the planet. We affirm our party's tradition of world leadership established by President Eisenhower and followed by every Republican president since. It stands for enormous power and the prudence to use it sparingly, precisely, and only in grave necessity. 
It stands for involvement, not intervention. It requires consultation, not permission to act. It leads from the front and ensures all others do their parts as well. It embraces American exceptionalism and rejects the false prophets of decline and diminution. On education, the Democratic Party platform says, As Democrats, we believe that education is a critical public good, not a commodity, and that it is the government's responsibility to ensure that every child everywhere is able to receive a world-class education that enables them to lead meaningful lives, no matter their race, zip code, disability status, sexual orientation, gender identity, or household income. The Libertarian Party platform says education is best provided by the free market, achieving greater quality, accountability, and efficiency with more diversity of choice. Recognizing that the education of children is a parental responsibility, we should restore authority to parents to determine the education of their children without interference from government. Parents should have control and responsibility for all funds expended for their children's education. The Republican Party platform says parents are a child's first and foremost educators and have primary responsibility for the education of their children. Parents have a right to direct their children's education, care, and upbringing. We support a constitutional amendment to protect that right from interference by states, the federal government, or international bodies such as the United Nations. We reject a one-size-fits-all approach to education and support a broad range of choices for parents and children at the state and local level. On the economy, the Democratic Party platform reads, Democrats will forge a new social and economic contract with the American people, a contract that creates millions of new jobs and promotes shared prosperity, closes racial gaps in income and wealth, guarantees the right to join or form a union, raises wages, and ensures equal pay for women and paid family leave for all, and safeguards a secure and dignified retirement. The Libertarian platform says a free and competitive market allocates resources in the most efficient manner. Each person has the right to offer goods and services to others on the free market. The only proper role of government in the economic realm is to protect property rights, adjudicate disputes, and provide a legal framework in which voluntary trade is protected. All efforts by government to redistribute wealth or to control or manage trade are improper in a free society. The Republican Party platform. Government cannot create prosperity, though government can limit or destroy it. Prosperity is the product of self-discipline, enterprise, saving, and investment by individuals, but it is not an end in itself. Prosperity provides the means by which citizens and their families can maintain their independence from government, raise their children by their own values, practice their faith, and build communities of cooperation and mutual respect. It is also the foundation of our nation's global leadership, for it is the vigor of our economy which makes possible our military strength and our national security. On Social Security, the Democratic Party platform reads, We will enact policies to make Social Security more progressive, including increasing benefits for all beneficiaries, meaningfully increasing minimum benefit payments, increasing benefits for long-duration beneficiaries, and protecting surviving spouses from benefit cuts. Democrats will reject every effort to cut, privatize, or weaken Social Security, including attempts to raise the retirement age, diminish benefits by cutting cost-of-living adjustments, or reduced earned benefits. We will ensure Social Security will be there forever. The Libertarian Platform. Retirement planning is the responsibility of the individual, not the government. Libertarians would phase out the current government-sponsored social security system and transition to a private voluntary system. The Republican Platform. We accept the responsibility to preserve and modernize a system of retirement security forged in an old industrial era beyond the memory of most Americans. Current retirees and those close to retirement can be assured of their benefits. Of the many reforms being proposed, all options should be considered to preserve Social Security. As Republicans, we oppose tax increases and believe in the power of markets to create wealth and to help secure the future of our Social Security system. Saving Social Security is more than a challenge. It is our moral obligation to those who trusted in the government's word. On Israel, the Democratic Party platform reads, Democrats recognize the worth of every Israeli and every Palestinian. That's why we will work to help bring an end to a conflict that has brought so much pain to so many. We support a negotiated two-state solution that ensures Israel's future as a Jewish and democratic state with recognized borders and upholds the right of Palestinians to live in freedom and security in a viable state of their own. Democrats oppose any unilateral steps by either side, including annexation, that undermines prospects for two states. The Libertarian Platform. American foreign policy should seek an America at peace with the world. Our foreign policy should emphasize defense against attack from abroad and enhance the likelihood of peace by avoiding foreign entanglements. We would end the U.S the current U.S. government policy of foreign intervention, including military and economic aid. We recognize the right of all people to resist tyranny and defend themselves and their rights. The Republican Party platform reads, Beyond our mutual strategic interests, Israel is likewise an exceptional country that shares our most essential values. It is the only country in the Middle East where freedom of speech and freedom of religion are found. 
Therefore, support for Israel is an expression of Americanism, and it is the responsibility of our government to advance policies that reflect Americans' strong desire for a relationship with no daylight between America and Israel. We oppose any measures intended to impose an agreement or to dictate borders or other terms, and we call for the immediate termination of all U.S. funding of any entity that attempts to do so. Our party is proud to stand with Israel now and always. Almost done, guys. On the Second Amendment. The Democratic Party platform reads as follows. Democrats will enact universal background checks, end online sales of guns and ammunition, close dangerous loopholes that currently allow stalkers and some individuals convicted of assault or battery to buy and possess firearms, and adequately fund the federal background check system. We will close the Charleston loophole and prevent individuals who have been convicted of hate crimes from possessing firearms. Democrats will ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. We will incentivize states to enact licensing requirements for owning firearms arms and red flag laws that allow courts to temporarily remove guns from the possession of those who are a danger to themselves or others. We will pass legislation requiring that guns be safely stored in homes and Democrats believe that gun companies should be held responsible for their products just like any other business and will prioritize repealing the law that shields gun manufacturers from civil liability. Okay, I gotta throw one more thing here. Imagine if car manufacturers were responsible for car accidents. Sorry, I, I just can't help. Like, sometimes I just... Uh. The Libertarian Platform. We affirm the individual right recognized by the Second Amendment to keep and bear arms and oppose the prosecution of individuals for exercising their rights of self-defense. Private property owners should be free to establish their own conditions regarding the presence of personal defense weapons on their own property. We oppose all laws at any level of government restricting, registering, or monitoring the ownership, manufacture, or transfer of firearms or ammunition. The Republican Party Platform. We uphold the right of individuals to keep and bear arms, a natural, inalienable right that predates the Constitution and is secured by the Second Amendment. Lawful gun ownership enables Americans to exercise their God-given right of self-defense for the safety of their homes, their loved ones, and their communities. We support firearm reciprocity legislation to recognize the right of law-abiding Americans to carry firearms to protect themselves and their families in all 50 states. We support constitutional carry statutes and salute the states that have passed them. We oppose ill-conceived laws that would restrict magazine capacity or ban the sale of the most popular and common modern rifle. We also oppose any effort to deprive individuals of their right to keep and bear arms without due process of law. And lastly, on the environment, the Democratic Party platform reads, Climate change is a global emergency. We have no time to waste in taking action to protect Americans' lives and futures, we believe the scientists. The window for unprecedented and necessary action is closing and closing fast. We will use federal resources and authorities across all agencies to deploy proven clean energy solutions, create millions of family supporting and union jobs, upgrade and make resilient our energy, water, wastewater, and transportation infrastructure, and develop and manufacture next-generation technologies to address the climate crisis right here in the United States. We will rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement and on day one, seek higher ambition from nations around the world, putting the United States back in the position of global leadership where we belong. Libertarian Platform. Competitive free markets and property rights stimulate the technological innovations and behavioral changes required to protect our environment and ecosystems. Private landowners and conservation groups have a vested interest in maintaining natural resources. Governments are unaccountable for damage done to our environment and have a terrible track record when it comes to environmental protection. Protecting the environment requires a clear definition and enforcement of individual rights and responsibilities regarding resources like land, water, air, and wildlife. And the Republican platform. Conservation is inherent in conservatism. As the pioneer of environmentalism a century ago, the Republican Party reaffirms the moral obligation to be good stewards of the God-given natural beauty and resources of our country. We assert that private ownership has been the best guarantee of conscientious stewardship, while some of the worst instances of degradation have occurred under government control. So, as I have said many, many times before, it is important that we realize that whether you're a Democrat, Libertarian, Republican... Most common would be Democrat or Republican. Most people, when they look at this country, they want it to be a better place. But their definition of what better looks like may differ from yours. Especially if they're a Democrat and you're a Republican, or if they're a Republican and you're a Democrat. And to say that there's no difference in the parties, and that it's all just a bunch of fighting, and it doesn't matter, and everybody's the same, and they, well, there is a difference in what the parties represent and what they believe. There is a stark difference. And I hope that this little exercise has been helpful to you. If you're looking for more information, I got all of that 
uh, from myfaithvotes.org. So they went through each party's platform and put together different issues. Uh, you can go and you can look and see what it is that a party stands for when it comes to different issues, myfaithvotes.org. There are some other great resources for Christian voters out there. You can go to prayvotestand.org. They have reasons to vote, voter registration information. There is iVoterGuide.com that has voter information by states. You can search for different candidates and where they stand on issues. Uh, you can get a guide for, uh, for voting similar to what uh, we were using. MyFaithVotes.org, which is what I have been referencing, also provides voter guides for specific states. It gives you absentee requirements and applications. And uh, dailycitizen.focusonthefamily.com. That is a great resource for Christian voters leading up to the election. Judicialwatch.org, another great resource with information on the Supreme Court and accountability and integrity in law, politics, and government. Momsforamerica.us, principles and virtues in voting. You can find out about there. And then when it comes to Nevada specifically, all right, when it comes specifically to Nevada, um, our, our voting process this year is very interesting. So, so, uh, it's very interesting. All right. So ballot harvesting for the first time ever is legal in our States. What that means is that if you have received a mail-in ballot that someone can collect that ballot from you and turn it in for you. Hopefully this is someone that you know and trust because this is... I, I don't see how anyone could argue that that would not be a large opportunity for voter fraud, which is why it has never before been legal in the state of Nevada, but it is legal this year. And as such, there are a lot of different organizations that are trying to help. One of the main reasons that it has been said that this is legal in our state this year is because of the coronavirus. Also because of the coronavirus, every voter, registered voter in the state of Nevada will be receiving a mail-in ballot. Now, just because you receive a mail-in ballot does not mean that you have to send back your mail-in ballot. I would personally encourage you, if you are physically able and uh, you are not high risk, that you go to the polls and vote in person. Our early voting here in Nevada starts very soon. Um, I have a voter's guide. Uh, when does it start? Hang on. Early voting starts October 17th, runs through October 30th. So there's a couple different things you need to know. So there are early voting sites here in Nevada all across the county. Right? You do not need to wait until Election Day to vote. You can vote as early as October 17th. If you don't feel comfortable going inside and dealing with people, but you still want to have a little more security with your voting process in Nevada this year and you're not comfortable putting your ballot in the mailbox, you can actually fill out your mail-in ballot and you can take it to any of the early voting centers and turn it in there. So they will have ballot collection at every early voting site. So if you don't want to go through the process of however we're voting this year, I don't know, with the sanitizing and waiting in line and all of that, I mean, you still have to wait in line, but you could just turn in your mail-in ballot there. You can also take your mail-in ballot to a place where they are doing ballot harvesting. I would strongly encourage you, if anyone comes to you unsolicited, uh, offering to help you with your ballot or to help turn in your ballot, that you do not work with that person. Okay, You do the research, you do the work with your ballot. Okay, If you are wanting a secure place to drop it off and you do not want to go to an early voting site, you can take it directly to the uh, Elections Bureau here in uh, Las Vegas. I think is up on, there's one up in North Vegas um, that's real easy to get to. It's over by like the Walmart on Craig. The other thing you can do is you can utilize a ballot harvesting site. So there will be places all throughout the county where you will be able to drop off your ballot where people will be willing to accept that from you. Again, I would highly caution uh, when using this method, but that said, uh, our church will be a harvesting place. So if you prefer to have us take your ballot to the election department for you, we will do that. We will have a ballot box, uh, and it will be locked, and it will be secure, and each week we will be taking any ballots that might come in to the election department. So if you're not if comfortable and you don't want to be going out, you can bring your ballot and we can have it in a ballot box here. And there will be places all over that will be doing this. It is legal 
for the first time ever. So if you see this happening elsewhere, that doesn't mean that somebody is doing something wrong now. It would have been <laughs> in any other election, but now it is not. But again, I would just strongly encourage you to either go to a uh, an early voting center to drop off your ballot or drop it off at a place where you are confident that your vote will be secure. I, I wouldn't just you know put my ballot in a lockbox with some guy standing on the side of the road but you know maybe that's just me uh, but your vote is valuable and your vote is important and uh, I think that the mail-in ballot situation gives a large possibility for fraud I know that people are like no it definitely does not well uh, I can tell you that I have received all of the voting information at my current address for two previous owners and I fully expect to receive their mail-in ballots also what then am I going to do with those ballots? I'm going to rip them to shreds and throw them in the trash because I know that they now live in North Carolina and that is not, I'm not supposed to be receiving those ballots. I will either do that or I will return them to the election department. But you can imagine what someone might do with ballots of this nature if they were not uh, an honest individual or if they were attempting to manipulate an election. Okay, and I'm just one individual who happened to buy a house last year. And by the way, their mail has been forwarded and that information is on record with the post office and yet I am still receiving their ballot information. I don't receive any of their other mail, but I do receive all of their election-related materials. So there's that. Now, um, as far as who to vote for and what to vote for, let me just go over real quick. Uh, I'll talk about how I make a determination on judges and things like that, but there are also five ballot questions on the ballot this year. As a constitutional conservative who is a Christian, or I should phrase that the opposite, as a Christian who is a constitutional conservative, I am opting to vote no on all of the ballot questions this year. And I will explain to you why, okay? Because technically the ballot questions are supposed to be nonpartisan, so I can easily tell you that my opinions on these. I won't tell you who I will vote for in actual races, but when it comes to ballot questions, these are issues that we as a community are deciding and we as a state are deciding together. And as a Nevadan, I do not agree with any of the issues that are being presented here. Um, and by the way, it's ballot question one, two, three, four, and six. For some reason, there is no ballot question five. So we have five ballot questions, but no ballot question five. It goes from four to six. I have no idea there. Um, so the first ballot question that you will see, I'm just going to kind of summarize most of them for you. I'm going to read number two because it's tricky. But the first one, what they want to do is they want uh, to essentially remove the Board of Regents and its control of our state universities and give the governing power of our state schools to the legislature. I'm not a fan of this. I think our government should have less control in our educational, especially upper educational system. So I'm going to vote no on that. Question number two I'm going to read for you because this one is really tripping up a lot of people. So question number two reads, Shall the Nevada Constitution be amended to remove an existing provision recognizing marriage as only between a male person and a female person and require the state of Nevada and its political subdivisions to recognize marriages of and issue marriage licenses to couples regardless of gender and two, require all legally valid marriages to be treated equally under the law and three, establish a right for religious organizations and clergy members to refuse to perform a marriage and provide that no person is entitled to make any claim against them for exercising that right. So essentially, this question, this is now my opinion, but in my opinion, this question is very craftily phrased in order to try and get everyone to agree with it and vote yes. However, when it comes to the right for religious organizations to refuse to perform marriage, that right already exists. It's called the Constitution of the United States and religious freedom. As, so to get you to vote for number three, which we don't need, they've thrown in... Or, or to get you, excuse me, to vote for number one and number two to remove the provision in our Constitution that marriage is between a man and a woman, they've thrown in number three saying, well, we'll add this right that clergy members uh, can refuse to perform marriage. To me, this is there's just too much fishiness going on there, too much swampiness, if you will, and so I'm going to vote no on that one. Uh, question number three uh, would require the State Board of Pardons Commissioners, whose members are the Governor and Justice of the Nevada Supreme Court, to meet at least uh, quarterly 
to authorize each member of the board to submit matters of consideration and authorize the board to grant pardons and make other clemency decisions without requiring the governor to be part of the majority of that board. So essentially it would remove the governor's ability to issue pardons and place that privilege with a separate board of individuals. Not a fan? Voting no. Question number four. I'm just going to read this one to you because it's short. Shall the Nevada Constitution be amended by adding a new section guaranteeing specific voting rights to all qualified and registered voters in the state? Well, if you are a registered voter, then you are qualified and then you have the right to vote. In fact, you have the right to vote even if you're not registered, so long as you're not a uh, incarcerated felon and so on and so forth and you're 18 years old and all of that good stuff. So I, to me, this is unnecessary and a little bit scary. What exactly are these specific voting rights that we are not told what they are? Again, it sounds good, but no, thank you very much. Lastly, question six, which is actually question five. Shall Article 4 of the Nevada Constitution be required, be amended to require in 2022 that all providers of elected utility services provide a... Da, 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 da. It's, about, um, it's about renewable energy. Um, so that less that by 2030 they have to have at least 50% of their electricity by renewable sources. I don't want to see my electric bill go up anymore, so I'm voting no, because I don't know about you, but here in Nevada, at my house, we pay a whole lot of money for the privilege of electricity, and it is a privilege and a blessing, and I'm willing to pay for it, but I would really not like to pay any more for it, so I'm voting no on that question as well for the sake of my savings account. All right, lastly, how do you choose between, we literally on my sample ballot, there are 61 judicial races. 61. I, how are you supposed to know <laughs> who to vote for in 61 judicial races? All right, so on my ballot, you've got president, vice president, representative of Congress, state senate, state assembly, and county commission. So those ones are fairly straightforward. They say if they're Democrats, Independents, Libertarian, Republican, Blue Party, Green Party, whatever whatever party, those are partisan offices and they list their party. That gives you a little clue. You can also easily do research on any of them on their websites and, and articles and different things. But then you get to the candidates for nonpartisan offices. And these are the judges. These are the people whose websites, like I told you earlier, the websites basically say, Susie is awesome. Susie is a great judge. Here are all the people that love Susie. Vote for Susie. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know anything about what does that mean? Okay. <laughs> so here are some ways. Uh, look up past cases that they have been involved in. Okay. Most of them have served on a previous uh, in a previous judicial appointment or uh, elected position, look up how they've judged on past cases. You might be surprised to find out different things about different individuals that you had no idea they were even in charge of making those determinations. So that's one way. Look up past uh, decisions. You can also, a lot of them will list out who is supporting them. And you can go to the organizations that are supporting them and look at what they represent and who they are and what they believe and a lot of times that will give you a pretty good clue as well. Another easy way is to go to, uh, if you're a Democrat, go to the state Democratic or local Democratic uh, website. If you're a Republican, go to the state Republican or local Republican websites. And they will generally give you a list of, hey, these are the candidates that we are endorsing. So even though it's a nonpartisan race, these are the candidates that would most closely align with our party platform and what we believe and who we would believe would govern in a way that best represents what we believe and what we believe that the Constitution means and stands for. That's the simplest way, especially in a year like this, when there is literally 61 judicial races. And then, you know, pro tip, um, unless I know them or, I, or they are on a list that I have found of people or I have been able to do research on them uh, that makes me comfortable with voting for them, if there is only one person running in a specific race, um, and I don't know about them, I haven't been able to get good research on them, and they're not on a list of people that I also uh, respect and endorse, then I just don't vote for them. They're going to win regardless of whether or not I vote for them. So then my conscience can be clear of, you know what, they were going to win no matter what. So that just saves me, you know, I'm looking at it right now. There's at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 
10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. There's more than 20 of these 61 races where there's only one person running. They're going to win. So, quite frankly, I'm not even, and it's, uh, it is laziness, but when there's 61 judges, I need to go and do research on the races where there are multiple peoples. Where there's only one, they're going to win whether I like it or not. So, that's, that's one way that I cut down on, on time in figuring this all out. And then the other ways that I mentioned. If you need assistance uh, doing research, if you say, I don't know where to find this information, well, I just outlined for you where to, how I go about uh, Google searching. Literally, that's what I do. I sit and I, I take my ballot, and this is work. Being an informed voter requires you to do work. I take my ballot. I mark the ones that I know. I always do the easy ones first. <laughs> I go through, I do the ones that I know. And then, like a test in high school, I go back to the ones I'm not sure about. Um, but unlike a test in high school, because it was not open book, generally speaking, I then go to the Google and I start doing work. You know, I And with the judges, I don't even honestly usually go to their website unless I need to see who's endorsing them. And then I look at who's endorsing them. I look at what they stand for. If I'm still not getting the information just from looking at them and who's endorsing them and their, their past positions, then I will look to my party's recommended candidates. And usually if it's a contested election, then I'm going to go with my party's represented candidate because most likely the other candidate would be endorsed by the opposing party. So, and you can also look that up as well. If you're a Democrat and you don't want to vote for Republicans, then look for, uh, look for the list of who Republicans are supporting and vote for the opposite. And, and do the reverse for a Republican. If you want to make sure you're not voting for anyone that would be aligned with Democratic philosophies, then go find out who the Democrats are supporting and don't vote for those ones. So those are some tricks of the trade, if you will, when you have an overwhelming ballot like we have in Nevada this year. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unreal how many people are on the ballot. It's, I, I mean... It's <laughs> it's incredible, really. But anyway, so that's how I do it. Your vote is your voice. Your voice matters. Your vote matters. If you're not registered to vote, you can still register to vote, uh, I believe, up until Election Day here in the state of Nevada. Okay, so not quite. Yes, no. Uh, you can still register to vote online through October the 29th. So that's the last Thursday of this month. You can... Um, uh, register to vote on election day. You can also do same-day voter registration at any of the in-person polling places during the 14-day voting period. So from October 17th to October 30th, you can register to vote at any of the uh, early voting sites and then vote at that time as well. So now you know, hopefully, the differences between the parties in the major issues of our day. Uh, you have information on how I go about making decisions when we have a plethora of candidates. Um, you know about the ballot questions. If you have thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, if you're like, hey, what about this aspect of voting? What about this? Or, hey, I'm in a different state. Can you talk about briefly, like, how does voting work here? Are we all getting mail-in ballots? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, at The Frittle. Find me there. And I would be happy uh, to interact with you and answer any questions that I can that you may have. So hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you are registered to vote and then be an informed voter. You should have gotten a voter's guide. I, I love that Nevada does this. I just it's so in, it's so extensive, gives you all the information you need. And uh, as far as like where to vote, when to vote, and what your ballot's going to look like, I, I love it. Um, so there's no excuse for not being an informed voter when you have your information up front that you need to research. And then uh, another thing that I do, by the way, is I will mark my sample ballot that is sent to me. Not my mail-in ballot, because I'm not going to utilize that. Also, by the way, if you are not going to use your mail-in ballot, make sure that mail-in ballot is completely uh, destroyed so that no one else can pull it out of your trash can and fill it out for you. All right. Um, I don't remember what I was saying before, but it's okay because we need to go anyway. Have a great week. We will see you next time here on The Frittle Show.